Now, for our first topic, I want to talk about something that's coming from the esports space, which is very near and dear to my heart. Many of you listening to this podcast know that I have been in the esports space for the last 10 years of my life. I love esports and the industry and everything that it has done for fans of video games, for players, for people who are trying to to get into the video game industry. And what's happened as of you know the, the past, you know, I'd say couple months, the last six months at, at the most, is we've been seeing a lot of scaling back a lot of esports um powerheads really kind of dying off or not you know achieving the growth that you would normally see right uh you know a good example is phase being not profitable and finding that out through going on the stock market um esports teams spending just outrageous amounts of money in in different areas and you know while that's always been happening um Esports has really been one of those industries uh, and, and those areas of, of culture that has not particularly uh, changed from the way it's been over the last, you know, let's say, 10 to 13 years. Well, some really interesting news came out yesterday uh, concerning the esports organization known as The Guard. Now, first off, uh, The Guard is owned by... Cronky Sports and Entertainment. If you don't recognize that name, it, it's uh, owned by Stan Cronky, you know, the owner of the LA Rams, the Denver Nuggets, um, Colorado Avalanche, and, and on top of that, some others like Arsenal VC, um, SoFi Stadium, all sorts of different brands on, on top of that. Um, and what came out is that the guard has essentially laid off all of its content social and creative teams now uh i want to read this article from dot esports uh from jessica uh Schnarnagel, uh and she basically says this the guard an esports organization with many teams in some of the most prominent esports have seemingly laid off every single employee on its content social talent and creative teams multiple people within the company are reporting the news was made public by one of the organization's apparel designers who tweeted that everyone's position at the Guard had been eliminated. A few minutes later, a media personality for the Guard also tweeted there had been mass layoffs. This is quite literally crazy to think about um, because for two reasons. One, this sent a flurry through the esports industry last night. Um, a lot of people, again, you know, I mean, dozens, if not potentially, you know, hundreds of people losing their jobs overnight. Um, there were some people who literally were moving to LA to go work for the guard who now are stuck in a really very, um, interesting position, you know, and, and, um, on top of that, you know, this is an organization that did very, very well for itself, right? You, you know, it had multiple teams across several esports titles like Overwatch, Apex, Valorant, the Call of Duty League. Um, you know, this Valorant team had won Stage 1 Challengers in the Valorant Championship Tournament last year. Um, they finished top 8 in Valorant Masters. The LA Gladiators, which is their Overwatch franchise, um, finished first in several tournaments last year. Um, the LA Gorillas, which is their Call of Duty franchise, won a major last year. 
Um, so it's really intriguing to see what happened. But then, and, and we got the news as well from Dad Esports Day, Scott Robertson reporting this, um, that Crunky Sports and Entertainment is looking for a suitable buyer for both the LA Gladiators and the Los Angeles Gorillas. Um, basically, these teams will only remain operational underneath the company, uh, given that these layoffs happen, um, which I think is kind of crazy. And, and the reason why they're remaining operational um, basically is, again, so a suitable buyer can be found for the teams or the franchise slots themselves or until the season ends for each of these teams. If a buyer is not found, then these teams are going to be shut down, which is just absolutely crazy to hear about right um you know i think it's it's really saddening to see what's happened um you know especially if you look at um the the way that the overwatch league and the cdl came to be with you know esports competitions and things like that we've seen a lot of changing hands with ownerships of, of franchises um we've seen a lot of teams struggle to really justify keeping it around to really justify uh being in the space right if you look at it you know la thieves um uh, which is owned by 100 thieves they previously purchased the um uh, call of duty la slot from immortals back in the 2021 year um and, and you know that itself was a really big thing if you look at when optic gaming and envy merged um they bought the slot previously owned by nrg um and you know all that um they you know and then eventually like that slot became uh open to uh, robert Kraft and oxygen esports you look at the overwatch league when uh for instance like when um optic was bought by immortals back in in 2019 i believe it was it took them like eight or nine months to sell off the houston outlaws and it was really um interesting thing so i I mean these franchise spots go for tens of millions of dollars and it's it's kind of saddening to see that this is happening you know again i feel bad for uh everyone at the guard everyone at the la gorillas everyone at um as well you know um the the other uh, uh brand you know that being the la gladiators because what this means is an entire um, big you know, player in the esports space is backing out, and um, some people are you know really wondering what this means for the future of esports. I don't know. Uh, I think what this says is, is a lot of problems for esports, right? Because when big ownership groups like this that have tens of millions of dollars, um, are you know leaving the space in droves, uh, it really begs the question is esports dying have we hit sort of this growth slump and you know that people don't see it justifiable anymore to keep these spots around right if they're you know not necessarily generating money or they're breaking even or it's just a strategy change you know no one really knows what's happening um i will certainly do my best to keep you guys updated with that but Certainly, uh, really saddening news to hear the most. All right. Now, before we get into our second 
topic for this episode, I want to talk about a sponsor of the podcast, that being Zencaster. Zencaster is the ultimate all-in-one podcasting platform. It bundles all your podcasting needs from recording, editing, distribution, and monetization all from the same place. It allows you to record in 16-bit audio with up to 4K studio video quality. It is a really amazing tool. I use it for the podcast. I'm actually an investor in the company, and I really love what this company does. They are used by some of the biggest players in the media space, in the finance space, all sorts of different ways. So it's never been easier to create a podcast than doing it through Zencaster. If you want to, sign up for free at Zencaster.com. That is Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R.com. All right. Now, that being said, let's get to our second topic. And this is something that crossed my radar. Someone actually sent this to me a couple days ago. Uh, and that has to do with Spotify and its podcasting department. Because it seems that Spotify is in a really interesting time right now. Uh, apparently, the old guard at the podcasting side of Spotify is taking a hit, right? You know, earlier this month, it was reported that Don Ostroff, who had, had been a very crucial member of the uh, Spotify, you know, um, board, right, as the chief content and advertising officer, uh, was departing the company, you know, as well as Spotify cutting 6% of its workforce. Um, but also we are getting the news today that Max Cutler, who oversaw content partnerships for uh, Spotify, is also leaving as well, right? Um, this is kind of crazy. You know, he actually did a lot for um, Spotify in the last couple of years, right? You know, he founded the Horror and True Crime podcast studio, um, podcast, which Spotify bought back in 2019 for $55 million. He moved up the ranks to be the head of you know new content initiatives and then became the head of, of talk creator content and partnerships. Um, and it's kind of crazy to, to see this happening, right? You know, he's not being, you know, fired or laid off, but it is certainly uh, really interesting to see what has happened uh, since then, right? Now, like I mentioned, um, the vertical at Spotify for podcasts is going through a major restructure, right? Um if you think about it, you know, people like Don Ostroff spent hundreds of millions of dollars on exclusives like Batman Unburied, the Joe Rogan experience, and, and so forth and so forth, which have done well and haven't done well at the same time. And so um, I find this very intriguing, right? You know, as someone who is in the podcast space, um, Spotify has had sort of this, you know, neck and neck grip with YouTube over podcasts. I think it's very interesting to see what is going to happen from here. Um, now they have said that once, you know, um, Max Cutler leaves in, in May, so he's not leaving immediately, but he is departing very soon. I think it's mainly to do with the transition of things. Um, basically there will be different people who will be taking on his responsibilities and, and things like that. Um, which I think is quite, um, shocking to, to say the least. Uh, there will be no layoffs with his departure in in the company. So I think that that's at least one thing that's great, you know, not having any more layoffs because of someone wanting to leave the company. Um, but it's certainly really interesting to see what happens here, right? <laughs> um, again, I think it's uh, very interesting to just see that a podcast who, you know, or, uh, or Spotify really, sorry, 
uh, who has been one of the biggest players, is really trying to find itself. Um, I think that one of the biggest problems with Spotify right now, besides podcasts, is you know they keep touting for so many years that they're going to have Spotify Hi-Fi. Uh, they, I know that they've created it, but they've not really been deploying it, which I think is also making a lot of uh, you know audio listeners not want to stick around on Spotify. Like I myself, I actually use Tidal and Google Podcasts for music and, and listening to podcasts more than I probably do Spotify itself. Um, so I think that that's, you know, a really big thing. Um, and it also goes to the fact that a lot of these acquisitions they've made, uh, chartable megaphone pod sites, anchor, um, they're still trying to find a way to make these work in harmony, uh, because these are all different stacks according to, uh, one anonymous, um, employee who, who used to work at Spotify. Um, so I think that that's very I- intriguing to see you know, what happens uh, from here. What I want to know from you guys, though, on social media is what do you guys think? Do you think uh, Spotify sorry, is at a really critical point in its history? Do you think that it is struggling to really keep up its dominance? What do you think is going to happen? Let me know in the comments down below. All right. Now, with that being said, let's get into our third topic for this and that is going to be uh, some really interesting news coming around the BBC uh, because some really interesting news is being reported by Deadline today that uh, Richard Sharp who is the chair of the BBC has been urged to resign and is planning to resign um, after basically being urged to by almost a thousand respondents at a staff survey in the company um, you know, this is because he was found to uh, have basically been in, in different investigations over uh, giving loans to former prime ministers and, and things like that. Um, so I think that that's really kind of intriguing. Um, you know, I think that this will certainly be something that we'll want to keep a little bit of a look on. You know, right now there's a lot of interesting things that are happening in the media space. A lot of people you know, being forced out, a lot of people who are departing, a lot of layoffs happening, you know, like I I just mentioned. Um, So it is very, very interesting. Um, And uh, I I look forward to seeing what happens with the BBC, you know, moving forward from this. Um, You know, certainly a lot of really interesting things are happening on that front. So with that being said, guys, before we get into our next topic i want to talk about another sponsor of the podcast that being one more one more is an award-winning professional audio brand that is dedicated and committed to bringing consumers high-end audio solutions with studio quality sound delicate designs and an excellent build quality whether you are a music lover that is young or old fluent or affluent you deserve to hear music as it was meant to be heard as the artist intended it to be heard i myself have a lot of the products from one more. I've been a big believer in the company for so many years. They provide some of the most amazing earbuds and earphones and other types of technology out there. And if you're someone again, who really loves listening to music, the way it was meant to be heard, I definitely suggest getting one more. So definitely go to one more.com or click the link in the show notes. And with that being said, guys, let's get into our next topic. And our next topic that I want to talk about is some really 
interesting news um, around the creators of Dark, which I think is really interesting. So, um, you know, if, if you guys know um, Ron Bo Odar and, and John T. Freeze, um, they created the, the show way back in the day um, called Dark, which was, you know, Netflix's first European series. Um, it was a splash hit. They recently did 1899, um, which, you know, was a big budget drama that got, you know, unfortunately canceled. Um, but the news has come out from Deadline today that Netflix has re-upped a deal with the duo for a eight-figure pact. Um, the, the first one that they're, you know, doing is a comic book adaptation of something is killing the children, uh, which I think is really interesting. Uh, a lot of people believe that this has echoes of dark in it. And, you know, they're saying that the series uh, alights a small town plagued by monsters and, and all these sorts of different things. Um, so I think that that's very interesting. And they also plan on doing some other stuff as well. Um, one of the things I'm also hearing, and, and that Deadline has also reported on this, is that they're going to be working more closely with uh netflix's um peter friedlander and bella um bajerio's uh u.s and global tv teams with more english language projects which i think is going to be really interesting um and it'll be kind of interesting to see what happens here i think that this will create more high-end content for netflix at a time when so much of its content is being canceled these are people, uh, you know, again, you know, uh, Barand and Jonathan, who are fantastic creatives in the entertainment space. You know, when they made Dark, when they made 1899, when they've made other projects, people flock and drove to it. The only question I have is, will Netflix commit to long term with this duo? Because, like I mentioned, a lot of shows from Netflix over the last year or two have been getting canceled in droves after one or two seasons. A lot of people thought 1899 was going to get renewed, and it didn't. So who knows what's going to happen. I want to leave it up to you guys on social media. What do you guys think is going to happen? And we'll go from there. And for our final topic of this episode, I have some really interesting news coming out of the business and finance space. But it also has a little bit of a hint of media in there. And that being that the founder of uh, Aussie Media, Carlos Watson, according to both The Hollywood Reporter, Deadline, and other outlets, is being arrested on federal fraud charges. Um, this is something that um, it has kind of been really crazy and, and uh, something that I've had my eyes on for quite some time. And I've had a few other people uh bringing to my attention. Basically, for those who don't know, uh, Aussie Media was a, a digital media company created by a uh, former CNN and M MSNBC anchor Carlos Watson. Uh, basically, you know, uh, last year they had been going through a whole reckoning where uh, the company's COO resigned after, you know, finding out that he impersonated a YouTube executive in a fundraising meeting with Goldman Sachs. Um, on top of that, you know, their, their chairman, Mark Lazary left last year. Um, and a lot of people as well thought that, uh, Aussie media was going to potentially shut down. Um, then eventually it was going to be resurrected sometime this year. But, uh, according to the Hollywood reporter, um, like I mentioned, Carlos Watson, the founder and CEO of Aussie media 
has been arrested on fraud charges. Um, Samir Rao, who was that individual who um, impersonated, you know, an unnamed YouTube executive, uh, also recently pleaded guilty to fraud charges and agreed to cooperate with federal investigations. Um, and they're being charged, you know, Watson, Ozzy, you know, and I assume most likely some others with defrauding investors over $50 million. And it is quite crazy. Now, to kind of give an idea as to how extensive this fraud was, um, a copy of the criminal charges state that Watson, Rao, and other executives engaged in a scheme to, quote, defraud Aussies, investors, potential investors, potential acquirers, lenders, and also potential lenders through material misrepresentations and omissions about, among other things, their historical and projected financial results, debts, audience numbers, the identities of investors and the size of their investments, the existence and timing of investment rounds, the identity of business partners, and as well the existence of you know key contracts and the terms of those contracts, along with purported offers to purchase Aussie by other high-profile corporations. So that is uh, quite literally crazy to to think about, right? You know, the fact that, again, uh, this company had been uh, down for, you know, quite some time uh, in the TV and the podcast space. Um, And ultimately, I think that this uh, is really kind of crazy. I believe from what I understand, uh, Ozzy was in talks to sell itself to a digital media publisher for $225 million dollars. Um, they, he had said that at one point in time he was in talks with BuzzFeed. Um, so, you know, it, it is really interesting to see what happens there. Um, but ultimately, um, it will be, uh, a very interesting to see what happens in, in, in this, uh, scenario, right? You know, I, I'd love to know what you guys think about this on, on social media. Um, again, myself, uh, I, I'm kind of intrigued by this. I think that, um, this shows that there's still just a lot of, of um, behind the scenes shadiness that goes on in the media space, and uh, who knows what will happen from here. I, I definitely see, um, you know, some jail time being in this because again, they have this case, um, basically looking open and shut, right? Impersonations and and all the different types of things that have happened. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see what happens. Let me know what you guys think on social media or in the show comments and so forth. All right. With that being said, guys, this is the end of the podcast. Hopefully you did enjoy this episode. If you guys did enjoy the episode, thank you so much for making all the way to it. And uh, make sure to share this with your family, you know, friends, whoever. Leave a like if you did enjoy the episode of this podcast. We're going to be bringing a ton of guests on the podcast. We got a ton of news that that is coming out that I, I hopefully will have for you over the, the weekend and things like that. So definitely a lot for you guys. And uh, with that being said, if you want to follow the podcast on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok is Talk Uptown Pod. With that being said, we will see all of you in the next one.